We're all snooker loopy, ladies and gents. Welcome to the Football Ramble. Crazy scenes at Old Trafford and Fulham are on the brink. It's Monday, 3rd of May. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Andy Brassel. The banks are on holiday today, gentlemen, but we are not. We are in your ears, ladies and gentlemen, and yep. we are going to be talking about football and protesting again. Yeah. Here we go. Jim, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. Enjoy Super Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a Sunday it was, Andy. Yeah, it was. I mean, for me, it was a little bit of catch up because obviously I'm watching all banner of football from elsewhere yes. on yeah. a, a Sunday. In uh-huh. the in the the Brassel Cave. Yeah. Which I imagine has got hundreds of screens in it. Every Ex- game, ex- exactly. I'm like a, I'm like a, a less sinister Baldwin, <laughs> really. <laughs> what a reference, Andy! Good start to the week, um, and I won't tell the younger people where they can find that reference because let's protect them from that. Well, they're probably still looking up Snooker Loopy. To be yeah. fair, aren't they? <laughs> Come on. Um, I was uh, I I was um, running a little bit late in terms of uh, Sunday's uh, footballing schedule doing a bit of uh, cleaning and whatnot, Jim. Did you think they they were delaying it for you? I thought to myself, (laughs) I appreciate this, lads. I just need another 20 minutes. Um, But they went over the top and uh, the game was called off. But, I mean, my goodness, chaps, straight there. Um, Are you, I suppose, are you surprised, Jim? I'm guessing no. No, I'm not. I'm surprised by the scale of it, actually, Hmm. and what they managed to do. I'm surprised they managed to get into the stadium, which I'm sure we'll come on to. But I knew there were going to be more protests. There was talk, there was, there was, you know, this is going to keep happening throughout the season. And there's been talk since from the people that claim to have organised it that there will be more protests. Mm -hmm. Probably not on this scale. But I'm not surprised. No, I think... I've got to be honest. I'm actually surprised it's only Man United that have done it. Yes. Um, well, apparently Liverpool did. Uh, yes. Liverpool fans did say that they they wanted to get involved, but they felt it was too hard to kind of coordinate between the two. So fair enough. But it, it's. I mean, <laughs> this is how big this is. This has united Liverpool and Manchester United exactly. fans before a game where they were playing each other. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's it's pretty astonishing. But I mean, this is this is what we want to see. If we are to fend off threats like the Super League, things mm. where you know the point of the game for the fan um, is removed for the sake of big business mm. and the the lack of uh, of risk in a financial sense. Yeah. This is what has to happen. These divides need to be crossed. And part mm-hmm. of the part of the problem with that is that football is tribal. So, you know, when a bad thing happens to a team that's your mm-hmm. rival, it's mm-hmm. sort of like... Ah, ha, 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 ha. Especially uh, English football. Particularly uh, English football, uh, yes. I think... Uh, we've talked about this. I'm pretty sure we've talked about this on here before. But I think in the past, there's been very little understanding in England, A, of the common good amongst fans, and B just how much power they have. Mm. Whereas I think... The latter is definitely true. Yeah, whereas the, the, the whole Super League thing has been a watershed moment, not just for the future of football on the pitch, but I think a eureka moment mm-hmm. where people have understood, actually, if we come together, we can make amazing things happen. We can make the game change in ways that, that we would like it to change. Mm-hmm. Would you like to see the fans all chanting, let's come together... Right now, in sweet harmony, possibly. I mean, uh-huh. there, there are a series of come togethers. You could, you, I think that is probably an area of division because obviously, if we went with the Beatles version, yeah, um, United fans would not have that, 
we don't want to get back to All those, right. those Sorry, I'm so in Caesar division here, ladies and gentlemen. I should just uh, keep my nose out. And Primal Scream are Glaswegians, so we don't even want to go there. My do we? goodness, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. You're absolutely right. But, uh, Jim, people, there was um, a, a chat from Fanzine, uh, I believe his name is Jamie, who wrote a piece about this. He was yes. there at the mm. protests and, and, and involved in it, and it's, been, it's on The Guardian uh, at the moment. And he said that uh, that it wasn't planned to get on the pitch. You know, that's that sort of happened. Why did someone bring a ball with them then? <laughs> I wondered that. Did someone bring a ball or were there just some in the stadium? Because there seemed to be a few being kicked about. Was the match ball ready? Was, yeah, it, maybe, was maybe. it on the plinth? I mean, presumably they're, they're, they're not far from the pitch. We'll have that. Yeah, maybe. Some I like the idea that someone's brought a ball just in case. Maybe they bring a ball with them everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ones at the Lowry didn't have a ball. No. They bring the big plate. <laughs> just in case the full English was being... Yeah. I mean, there were people with Tesco bags and beers and stuff. I was thinking, are you planning to just turn it into a park? Yeah, have a picnic or a bit of a barbecue? Yeah, I mean, look, we, we should say, by the way, just to do due diligence, that obviously there was, there was uh, a few, and as we understand it, very few, a minority of people, as there tends to be at these things, who, uh, who created some unsavoury scenes with the police and, and, and mm. so on and so forth and obviously that's not what we want to see no. but that does not uh, sum up these protests you know I mean uh, the, the Sky Sports pundits were really I mean Graeme Souness was well, he saying was, he was doing everything he could to condemn the worst elements and therefore yeah. brush everything else aside yeah. based on how you shouldn't be throwing glass around and obviously everyone thinks you shouldn't be throwing glass mm-hmm. around but Jamie Carragher and, and Gary Neville were particularly good on not doing that, mm. on sticking to the point, on sti- keeping the point about what the protests are actually about and not just taking that high-minded um, moral high ground where you dismiss all that because something bad has happened. Yeah. And I, th- I think that's important and it was really good. Yeah, and, and, and what happened was that, that, that there were fans at the Lowry Hotel who were there, according to this uh, chap who writes for the fanzine, you know, he said that they were there to get the game delayed or postponed stopping the buses and if not the other fans were down at the stadium having a protest because obviously they would be seen but also if the if the buses got through then mm. they were the sort of second line uh, if you like and then as it, 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 in his account it turned out that the, a, a door got open because fans got over a fence and then in in, in they went but I mean Andy the scenes are extraordinary this is the biggest protest and the perhaps the most well it's not it's the most explosive protest we've seen against the Glazers but this goes back a long way I think people yeah. any any sort of silly suggestions that um, if you were going for the title or you a bit angry, haven't won trophies, is bollocks. Yeah. Um, because this goes back, you see the timeline of it, 2005, when the Glazers uh, came in, mm-hmm. Ferguson's still in charge. I mean, they've under this r- regime, if you like, they've won the Champions League, they've won uh, major trophies, so it's, it's clearly not that. But this goes back a long way, Andy. Against yeah, it, it, it does. And, uh, you know, there are a, a sizable group of Manchester United fans who've, who've always been unhappy with them. Mm. I think it's clear that the, the Super League has, has focused minds, mm-hmm. but it's, it's not all about that. And it's completely dishonest and incorrect to suggest this is the, the, the case. Is the, the Super League is more the straw that's broken the, the, exactly. the, the camel's back. Mm. And um, as you say, Manchester United fans, you know, bear in mind they set up a Phoenix club. Some yeah. Manchester United fans set up a Phoenix. Well, and that's but... something that you can relate to as a Wimbledon fan. Yeah, as an AFC Wimbledon fan. I mean, that, that it, is, it is slightly different. Mm-hmm. Sure, um, but there's there's uh, in, some in, in terms of Wimbledon fans had no option. Yeah. but to set up a Phoenix mm. club and, and, because there was no club, left. and Wimbledon have not won the Champions League uh, yet. So yet. you can't. Uh... <laughs> That's the thing. We stayed up this weekend. Anything's possible. I know. Yeah. You're, you're, the, you're asking me at the wrong time, Marcus. <laughs> the you first can... rung on the ladder, isn't it? Exactly. 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 Do, do you think the protests will have any effect, Jim? I know that's the sort of the, the I would say, million dollar question, but it, now it's a billion yeah, dollar a bit, question, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I, I actually 
I'm starting to think they will if they can be kept up mm. and if they can be kept up between fans of, of the six clubs and actually maybe fans of everybody. I mean, mm. you know, it's going to be very, very interesting next season when fans are back in stadiums. What happens when those six clubs mm-hmm. go to Goodison Park or they, they go to Villa Park or, yep. or wherever? Like, are we going to see regular protest and disruption um, uh, to, to show the strength of feeling? I mean, obviously, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because the, the end game is different for each club. Mm. I mean, the end game at Arsenal is they want the the Kronkers to sell and then, you know... Another billionaire comes in. Exactly. Yeah. Or, 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 you know, the, the 50 plus one rule, uh, which a lot of people want, is really difficult to implement oh. if someone owns... Yeah. If they own a club outright. I mean, oh. it's, it's, there's a lot um, that needs to happen there. So with that in mind, so that it doesn't get forgotten, these protests, this disruption, it needs to be kept up because it is going to be a long and complicated process mm-hmm. and the fans need to insert themselves into it. Mm. I think, yeah, that's it. Because you can say the end game is different for every club. You know what? The end game is different for every club management. The end game is not different for every set of fans. So superficially different, but fundamentally the same. Yeah, exactly. And I think this is where this is all coming from. I think the knowledge that as fans, there's far more that unites us than divides us. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, one of the main reasons that Super League fell apart, and one of the main reasons that it was always going to fall apart, is because they're intrinsically selfish ownerships who have their own particular... Um, needs and wants and you know those diverse interests were always going to split apart at some point with fans I don't necessarily means that I think that is the case of course we've all got different expectations in terms of what we expect on the pitch but this isn't really about what's on the pitch this is about keeping your club your club being at the heart of your community Mm. and having not even a say I don't think but an acknowledgement Mm -hmm. of your existence a respect for what you bring to that club. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing is, especially after a year like everyone's just had, there should be an understanding that fans are more important than mm. ever. You know, those clubs need us. Yeah. Mm. Like the, the, the spectacle, yeah. Yeah. the spectacle over the last year has been acceptable. It has not been good. Mm. No. It has not been good. Yeah. No, absolutely right, Andy. Absolutely right. Um, we shall see. Uh, what happens in the in the days and weeks uh, with regards to all this sort of stuff, uh, and uh, whenever that that fixture is uh, um, rescheduled for? I mean, there is a danger, isn't there, that if this keeps happening, Graham Soonis will actually just mm. go right off the deep end in front of us. I mean, he was saying <laughs> that, that because um, because Michael Richards said that he thinks Grealish is good at buying fouls when he clearly meant drawing fouls. He didn't like that. Soonis was saying that that meant that we're getting to the point where ex-players who've had to retire early need to come in as referees or the Mm. Premier League will no longer keep its status as the top league in the world because it will all get ridiculous. I mean, it's not far off saying that footballers (laughs) and soldiers should swap jobs for a week. Like it's... (laughs) He wants to be a referee, doesn't he? (laughs) I imagine. That's what it is. And if you you can either take a red card or you can take a kneecapping, which you won't. <laughs> really, he needs to go back to the greatest hits. Perhaps he could go and uh, you know plant a linesman's flag in the middle of the yes. pitch or something like that. No, you're talking, Andy. No, you're talking. Uh, there was some football played on the weekend, of course, uh, and Chelsea and Fulham uh, did partake in one of those matches. Uh, Chelsea won two nil, of course. Two lovely goals from Kai Havertz, uh, one has to say, and uh, a wonderful assist from Mason Mount. Uh, that was uh, disgusting. Uh, beautiful, oh, that hey. first one. 
Yeah, um, amazing. Yeah, it, absolute class. And, and have you tried to do that to a football? <laughs> I'd injure myself trying that. <laughs> Even if you were allowed to catch it with your hands, you wouldn't be able to kind of. Yeah, yeah. But it was it was glorious, and um, and you know Fulham were undone by that, and it. it it's not surprising, Jim, is it? I mean, they've they've really struggled. And at the end of the game, Scott Parker uh, did say passionately that he believed that Fulham can win all four matches. I think they've only won five in the league this season. Yeah. Does it's, he? Does he believe it? Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure is uh, is the answer. But he has to believe it. I think there's a difference yeah. there, and he can't stand there and go. Yeah, well, what's he the has point? to pretend he believes it? Well, I think yeah. he has to almost convince himself he believes yeah. it because because. Yeah. It is within the realms of possibility. It is an extremely uh, uh, unlikely scenario for Fulham to win those games. Uh, and of course, really, the damage was that. I mean, if you think about those games I mentioned before, when when they dropped that point at home to Wolves, and then they dropped two at Arsenal. I mean, if you if you just even if you put those points onto uh, uh, yeah, dropping two points at Arsenal, yeah. Jim. Sorry, I realise how ridiculous that sounds, but uh, it's our fault, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, but even if you add those points to Fulham's tally, it's still very very unlikely. And also, you have to score more goals exactly. to leave yeah, yourself yeah. in a position that you're not vulnerable to that well, like goal at Arsenal or what happened against Aston Villa or whatever else. Yeah, exactly. And I think that the the the, the, the tricky thing for Fulham is I actually don't think they would sack Parker um, if it, if they went down. With, well, I mean, we assume that they are going to go down uh, because I... I mean, you know, who's available? What, what else are you going to get? Blah, 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 blah. I mean, he did take them up last season, first time of asking. It wasn't brilliant or vintage or particularly pretty as it was under, say, Yukanovich, for example, going back those years. But I, I I, think he probably will stay in the job. Do you think it might be better for Fulham to um, try to not get promoted next year? Maybe. Not a couple of years Maybe. in the championship. I mean, what is, if I'm honest with you, when you, in among all these fan protests and, and so on, you know, Fulham do have a billionaire owner from America. So, yeah. you know, it's unlikely that will they're you, going will to you be, be invited. bombing into the pool <laughs> if, uh, if Fulham try and join a Super League at any point? I'll protest? Yeah, maybe. I think that might, I'll piss in the pool. If Fulham are, <laughs> if Fulham are invited into the ESL, I mean, it, 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 is it that bad if Perez and Agnelli are scraping the barrel? Well, blimey. Well, let's ask Fulham. Maybe they'll... Uh, you They've know. got a swimming pool. <laughs> it's in London. <laughs> By the river. It, it looks nice. Maybe that's what they'll do. Uh, I mean, the thought of playing in a league where there's no VAR and ESL talking about yeah. that kind of stuff, you do think, uh, it's like putting on a warm jumper, Andy. <laughs> yeah. VAR's the real winner here, isn't it? No one's talking about that anymore. <laughs> or Boris Johnson. Uh, yes. Let's uh, not get political. Um, one one well, moment... he won't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One moment that was quite enjoyable was uh, did you see Bobby Dekodova Reed trying to undo Edward's, Eduardo mm. Mendes' uh, uh, gloves at, on a corner? This I've never seen this kind of shithousery before. Andy. I mean, I don't know if Mendy yet knows how to say, if you strike me down, I'll, I'll be more powerful than you can possibly imagine. <laughs> because I, I was thinking the whole time, Ricardo in, in 2004. What was this? You remember for the penalty shootout against ah. England where he took his gloves off? Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm going to be 20% better with no gloves. Presumably, like, I feel like... And you've still got to get it on target. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I feel particularly in that part of London, surely that leads to a duel. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. Glove-related uh-huh. infringement. That's a fair point, actually, yeah. Yeah, if he took... That would have been... What a power play that would have been yeah, from... the referee. From... Like, sorry, there's an old bylaw in the rules. <laughs> If you you've remember. got, yeah, you know, we need to get some pistols. 
<laughs> if you are if you are in possession of a single glove and it's not on your hand, then you are you are duty bound to slap the nearest man across the face with it, <laughs> and uh, and 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 it goes from there. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it could have been a power play from Declan Dover. It ultimately didn't work, of course, which is a great shame. But also, though, it's not only Fulham not scoring and not winning that has provided this um, or, or produced this uh, scenario in which they are, are doomed for relegation. I mean, it's worked bloody well for Steve Bruce. It has worked very well for Steve Bruce, but, you know, Alan Sam Maximan, and so on, despite the loss against Arsenal, you know, you, you know, it gets Burnley, we're thinking. But Brighton, you look at Brighton, they've, they've started playing, you know, when it comes to the crunch, they're, they're picking up wins, a great yeah. win against Leeds. And, and when Welbeck does that, you sort of go... Yeah, fair enough, yeah, lads. That guy. <laughs> what a strong. Oh, it's what a, That was like Zidane against Brazil yeah. in 2006. I mean, the, the the frustrating thing about that goal is I think we all know just where Danny Welbeck is in terms of what he can physically give to the mm. game. But there's something quite bittersweet about a moment like that, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. Because if he could play a game like that, and I'm not actually just talking about the goal, but the all-round performance mm. from Welbeck, which was excellent. Mm-hmm. If he could play that, Mm-hmm. 20 times a season. Yeah, even, but that's been the case even, for a while. Even it? for Brighton. Yeah. That then Brighton would be like 10th. Mm. But the fact is... Well, they're I, 14th now. I mean, I, I, take, I do totally... Take yeah, you're right. 10th Ten, tenth, tenth maybe isn't something amazing in the current <laughs> Premier League. But 10th place finish, top half yeah. finish for Brighton. Yeah. yeah. Hell of an achievement. Yeah, but I, I take the point you're saying, but the fact is he still brought it out at a crucial time of the season. He did. You know, and it, I mean, it was, it was phenomenal. But Andy, you've... I you've, think it's the one time that uh, Bielsa's excellent interpreter couldn't find the words. <laughs> How do I express what my what my coach thinks of Danny Welbeck? Fantastico. That's all you need to know. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Andy, looking at Fulham, obviously you said at the start of the season and you were right that Fulham are going to go down and uh, it, it very much looks like the case. Do you think they should they should stick or twist with Parker going, you know, presuming that they end up in the championship? Um, I've, I've, I think they've got to keep him. Mm. And I, I think if you look at what happened... The last time, both with the last time they came up and the last time they went down, it, it, stability is the key for them, I think, going forward. Yeah. Because the last time they came up, the spending spree, and th- there is a lot of misunderstanding over the spending spree the last mm-hmm. time they came up because they had so many low knees. What, what were they meant to do? Form a five-a-side team? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, they, they needed to go and buy some players. Whether they bought the right players at the mm-hmm. right prices is another question yeah. in, entirely. But what they need, because they're still living with some of the decisions in this Premier League season, they've mm-hmm. still been living with some of the decisions that they made then. Yeah, and then the people sometimes can forget that. I think they need to just Burnley it, really. Yes. Try and bank, I, as, I, I bank as much money as possible yeah. and get themselves in a mm-hmm. stable place because that is really where they're aiming to be. They're mm-hmm. aiming to be Burnley, not next year because I don't think that's possible, but mm-hmm. maybe two, three years down the mm-hmm. line and then finally establish themselves in the Premier League. Yeah, and it, it, this, is a, this is a thing that... Um, that uh, Jim, as an Arsenal fan, you, you you won't sort of perhaps fully understand, but there'll be pl- plenty of people who sort of listening. Is that you, the, the players that get you promoted? You know, the Cairnies, the Bryans, all these types mm. of players. They inevitably end up sitting on the bench, or they go on loan or something to Championship clubs. And in a weird way, again, it's 
unless Scott Parker is right and they do win all four games and other results go their way and they you know we we assume they're going to be in the championship next season it will be lovely to see them back yeah i know, and I know that sounds ridiculous no, it doesn't but at these all. are the players that you love and they get you, they get you side promoted and then of course inevitably it's kind of like ah oh, yeah they they can't quite make that transition and i think fulham have struggled with that a bit other clubs do it a little have done it a little bit better for, uh, norwich fans will know exactly what i'm talking about yeah. and they've kept um, a, a number of those players the trouble for fulham is with all these loan signings and you Kenny Tete and Anderson so you know some of these are international players they don't want to play in the championship yeah so I mean obviously it's different in every case but do you feel that Fulham might have had not even necessarily a better maybe maybe an equal chance of staying up if they had stuck with the players that got them promoted <laughs> ah, it's, yeah it's so difficult I mean Ariola's probably been Fulham's best player this season and he's one of the, the, the lone signings, you know. So, you, I, and and also we saw what happened with with poor old Michael Hector at the start of the season. You know, he was just getting turned inside out. And it's a shame yeah. because he was, you know, Virgil Van Mike. They were calling him down Remember, in yeah. the championship. You know, he was, he was a good player. So they needed to bring in some reinforcements. And is it is it too simple to say a, a, a centre forward or two makes all the difference? Because I have to <laughs> say, in in terms of Josh Madger, mm. who you know maybe he will stay there. I think. It was almost a little unfair the way that he came in early on, scored those two goals that got yeah. the win at Everton. Mm. And people all of a sudden thought, he's the guy who yeah, could yeah, score yeah, the goals yeah. to keep us up. He never played in the top flight before. No, 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 and no. there was nothing he did at Bordeaux to suggest that he was going to come and score like 10 goals for Fulham between now and the end of the season well, or 15 well, goals for Fulham between now and the end of the season. Those players, even fewer than 10, can, can make such a difference. I mean, look at the conversation we've just had about Danny Welbeck. Look at how mm-hmm. I mean, how Sheffield United have missed Lise Mousse. Never going to be prolific, but he's you know he's going he's gonna to contribute and the margins are so fine that even, even mm-hmm. five or six goals can make that much of a difference. No, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. If you've got a few players who can do that it's like well, if, you, is... if you look at if you look at even go to the very top look at Manchester City mm-hmm. there's no 30 goal striker there mm-hmm. there's a lot of players chipping in 10 mm-hmm. or 11 I mean there? there is one guy currently still there <laughs> we may mention it a bit but yeah I, I know what you're saying but I mean Mitrovic I know that you know he had uh, there was you know he he had COVID and the, you know there was a bit of stuff there off the pitch and and he's had injuries and, and whatnot but I mean if Fulham keep hold of him you know he, he will again be the best striker in the championship and maybe finish top scorer as he has done before there um, but there we are well. the poor old Fulham um, but good win for Chelsea though um, they kind of uh, keep their uh, top four ambitions uh, intact if indeed they need them of course Andy with regards to uh, winning the Champions League gentlemen before we uh, take a break did you see that former Chelsea boss Antonio Conte is back among the medals uh, he led Inter to their first Serie A title in 11 years 11 years Ending Juventus' nine-year uh, reign, which of course he started himself. I didn't realise it had been eleven years, Andy. I thought I thought they were the ones who won it before Juventus because it's been so bloody long. Yeah, yeah. it was. It was. It was Milan with yeah, uh, Thiago Silva and Ibra. That's right, <laughs> young Ibra. It's yeah. mad that both of those guys are still playing as well. Like it's <laughs> one of them for Chelsea. There's something incredibly Shakespearean about all of this. I yeah. love it. They beat Crotone two 0 on Saturday, and Atalanta only managed a one-all draw. Um, Christian Eriksen. He might be sort of phoning up Harry Kane going, mate, get involved. Get I've here, already yeah. won a league title. Um, what a, what a, also, what I'm a being paid from... an extraordinary amount of money and they can't shift me. Well, yeah, I mean, some people, when Ericsson first went there, he, he didn't sort of start straight away and uh, you wondered, was into the big move? You know, there was talk of maybe a bigger side, you know, they, say Real Madrid and so on. But there he is, Andy, top of Serie A. They would have paid him to leave at Christmas. Yeah. And they couldn't get rid of him because his wages were so huge. And in this second half of the season, He's been fantastic. Yeah. He's been really, really good. And it's a real vindication of of Conte, who, you know, as is habitual, had a huge row with the board at the end of last <laughs> season. Um, threatened to leave. I'd love to see one of those. 
Yeah, I would. Be a fly on the wall. Oh yeah, I wouldn't but, even need to know the language. Well, uh-huh. do you, know, you know, when Marcus mentioned that he was the he was the guy who um, started Juventus's mm-hmm. nine year reign. I mean, the story that I love the most from that first season, when of course they were unbeaten in that first season, and uh, you know mm-hmm. it took them back to win, winning the league. Um, he'd give, given that famous speech in the dressing room at, at the beginning of the season, where they'd, they'd finished seventh the season before, and he just said to the players aren't you fed up with being shit? <laughs> and then at the end of the season, when Buffon approached him quite politely, and Nicky Bandini tells his story, uh-huh. um, Buffon approached him and said, oh, we've got to the end of the season, Gaffer. You know, the players really want to get the, the bonuses sorted. And he was so locked in mm. on getting that unbeaten season completed, even though they'd already won the league. Mm. He actually said to Buffon, every time you open your mouth, you're a disappointment to me. <laughs> Buffon! <laughs> So when you when you look at that now, and when you look at Conte, he's actually a little bit more mellow. You yeah, saw yeah. the you saw the um, the, the post match afterwards, and uh, he was he was on television after there was the draw between Sassuolo and Atalanta yesterday that mm-hmm. meant that um, Inter were definitely winning the title. They, they'd won at Crotone on on, on Saturday, and uh, he said, "Well, you know what? I'm not I'm not going to think about the future too much at the moment. Let's just enjoy it for the moment." And you're thinking, "Gosh." Who's this wow. imposter? Is is absolutely extraordinary. And funnily enough, at the end of last season, when he had this massive row with the board, uh-huh. he took a little step back and he thought he had a look at what was going on at Juventus, mm. a club that he knows so well. Mm-hmm. With Pirlo being a, a, appointed a week after he was um, um, made made the uh, the under twenty threes coach, and I think he has a little look and thinks they're a mess. Yeah. If I just stick with this, bury the hatchet, uh-huh. we can go and win the league this season. Yeah. And he's been he's been vindicated. So perhaps Antonio Conte has learned a lesson this that, season. Yeah. I mean, you know, for entertainment's sake, I really yeah. hope not. It's refreshing, uh, isn't it, that someone that Juventus haven't won Serie A mm. and PSG might well not win League oh, yeah. as well. It's it's great. I know, but the, it, I don't know what you mean. It's refreshing that Inter have done it, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I take the point because it has been 11 years, to, yeah. to be fair. I mean, they, they went on an 18-game unbeaten run since uh, only losing their second league game in January. It's been it's been quite fantastic. Although I did, uh, I was amused by the um, Crotone manager, Cersei, Cosme, um, who said uh, after the game, everyone knows Inter score goals like that on the counter, and yet everyone concedes. So we joined in and did that too. <laughs> Presumably, there's maybe something uh, lost in translation a little bit there. Uh, but Cosme's a bit of a character uh, in in Italy, so I do implore you to to look at him. He, he he has the head of he looks a bit like there's a touch of Oliver Reeve in uh, Oliver, Oliver Reed, Reed sorry, yeah. uh, in uh, Gladiator. Mar- Marvel villain, maybe? Yeah, Marvel the Kingpin, villain. very much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was, very wide man. Yes. He was asked about his future and uh, he replied, what I don't want is to basically be brought in to euthanise a team, which is the job that I was asked to do when I arrived here. <laughs> wow. And you think, well, I mean, if someone's going to do that, you'd look yeah, at him and you think, I'll tell you what. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Right, gentlemen, let's have a quick break. <laughs> You know, when we come to these places, you know, we are allowed to actually fight. We are allowed to actually try and win. That's all it was. You Not know. usually the managers, though. No, no, no. We just a couple of things. I said nothing, absolutely nothing that should be out the normal. It's just two managers fighting for their teams, wanting to win a game. There's nothing wrong with that. 
Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. Uh, Betway Four to Score update. Uh, let's see how we got on in Betway's Four to Score this week. An entry to Betway's Four to Score is free each week, of course. Pick the first goal scorer in Betway's four selected matches for your chance to win the weekly £50,000 jackpot. Make sure your selections are submitted before the first game. Further T's and C's apply. Game one, Newcastle versus Arsenal. Of course, ended 2-0 to Arsenal. I picked John Joe Shelby with all my <laughs> infinite wisdom. Of course you did. And it was Mohamed El Nani who scored his first league goal for Arsenal. So it was uh, it was an unlikely goal scorer. You're similarly out of the um, field. But uh, yeah, perhaps more likely than John Joe Shelby. Uh, game two was Manchester United versus Liverpool. Andy picked Mason Greenwood. Well, Andy's pick will remain valid if the match is played either today or tomorrow. Nine players are still in after picking uh, Mohamed El Nenny. Uh, if not, if it's not played in that period, the game, then the price drops to £12,500 and people can win with correct picks in the other three games. So there's that uh, uh, situation. Uh, game three, Spurs versus Sheffield United. Kate picked Lucas Moore, of course, Gareth Bale. Uh, and game four, Burnley versus West Ham. Luke picked Jesse Lingard and the result is to be confirmed. We'll be back with another round of Betway's four to score on the preview show this Friday. Right, everybody. It's time for emails. You know if you got an email to show and flow around, I'm gonna do it for sense. I said you got an email to show and flow around, I'm gonna Enjoyable. <laughs> Very enjoyable. Is it the first one where you've been asked to contribute backing vocals? <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice. Then. I'd like a gospel version. Uh, I'd also like an email from Stuart Dennis. And I've got one. Oh. Just catching up with the United highlights and I've seen Cavani fall into the hard concrete surrounding the pitch and it's just dawned on me. Why is it hard ground around so many pitches? Mm. Why not something soft, like lined with sofa cushions or fun like a plastic ball pond? I'm sure that type of thing would be more pleasant to crash into for the players. Yeah. This is a good point, isn't it? He's not thinking of the staff walking around the sides. Though. Well, wading through you have, ball an, pits. you have an extra side. Have you ever been to one of those like trampoline like like warehouses? I suppose, yeah, recently, to, to, actually. Because yeah. they have the, the bits on the side where there's kind of a little trampoline wall on the side. Maybe they could have that so you can just bounce back <laughs> onto the pitch. But that, that, would, that, that would be like the Champions League advertising hoarding. I was going to say the you, first you wouldn't have rows. any. Yeah, you wouldn't have anyone sitting well, you, in the You first put the ads on the trampolines, so they double up. Oh, nice. Ooh. I mean, you, you know, you definitely recommend, you definitely remember to buy Walker's crisps if they bounced you in the face, <laughs> yeah. wouldn't you? That's very, very true. Oh, that's a good point, though. Something to think of. Mm. Callum Potts has been in touch. He's an Australian in Vermont, which sounds like a song. Uh, I like how it, he specifies that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In the interest of maintaining the strict accuracy standards the Ramble Up holds, <laughs> I would like to clarify a few points from last Thursday's show regarding the sausage in bread situation. Ooh. We know them in Australia as sausage sizzles, and they're rightly basically everywhere. At some point in your weekend chores, you'll find a sausage sizzle being held as a fundraiser. Though they're a welcome addition at polling stations, the aforementioned democracy sausage, Ooh. it would be unfair to say it's to encourage voters. Voting. Voting is mandatory in Australia uh, and held true. on a Saturday for ease of access. So the sausage sizzle is in that context is really just yet another way for us to give a few dollars to charity in exchange for a delicious, healthy serving of breaded meat. For another fun sausage at elections fact, the 2016 federal election may have been decided when the opposition leader tried to eat a sausage in bread from the middle like a madman. The photos from this heresy are truly frightening. It's Ed Miliband oh, and a bacon yeah, sandwich all over is. again. Why, why is this earth? happening to politicians all over the world? Do, do you think it's about the size of the bread there because I, I mean the way it is presented in 
Germany, if you go to a football ground, for example, the bread is very much a handle for the sausage. Yes. You know, the sausage outgrows the... The, the bread. Yeah. And you don't want to get full up on bread when you're eating a massive sausage, do no, you? No, you don't. No, definitely not, no. Andy. Was it in Australia where the guy tried to to, to, to patent patent the sausage burger, where it was like a hot, hot dog and a burger in the same bun? Sounds familiar. And basically everyone just went, oh, yeah, no. Is that, that like that thing that one of the pizza places did where they did a stuffed crust pizza and the stuffing was burger? Yeah, I think oh. that might have even been Domino's. I know there's a place in there's Edinburgh. There's a sausage one. There's a, the, the, there's the stuffing in the crust has been a sausage before. Oh, that's absolutely. Well, it's, I, I think it's because the pizza doesn't have enough calories in it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, stuffing so, some more. <laughs> yeah, it was like a frankfurt around the side of it. I remember yeah, it. it. Um, there's a place in Edinburgh on Nicholson Street that does a deep fried cheeseburger pie. Oh. So well, well done, everyone. Yeah, there's a lot going on there in the pie. The kebab pizza's got, on, yes. got you know Donna meat on the pizza. That's a favourite of certain people. Yeah, chips, chips on the pizza. That's too, too much. No. Yeah, as well. So so Donna meat on the where pizza. You, that's Donna where you draw on the pizza's okay. No, but... because because the, the protein and the carbs is fine together. It's not fine, is it? Let's be honest. It's, it's <laughs> incredibly dangerous. But uh, it, it there's a, there's it takes whereas the chips on top of the pizza it's like there's two it's like, yeah, it's like it's chips a, on a fry up it's too much Yeah, it changes it something um, that I need to clarify before we move on from yeah. this did Callum Potts used to play for West Ham he sounds like he used to play for West Ham almost certainly Andy yeah I reckon, be. I reckon we'll look him up on Wikipedia with those kind of yeah. dietary requirements definitely a top flight footballer 23 league games in the 90s yeah. that's what I'm saying <laughs> to be fair to Callum I've done him a disservice I've, I've referred to him eating sausages and hot dogs as a requirement yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he sees it as a treat like the rest of us show at footballramble.com or tweet us at footballramble for that kind of glorious nonsense gentlemen back in the Premier League Spurs beat Sheffield United 4-0 Gareth Bale has reminded us uh, what we will miss when he leaves yeah. Uh, in the summer, I am happy, and when I'm happy, I'm I'm I normally play well. He said, and if that wasn't a, a thinly veiled dig at Mourinho, then this was perhaps a a, a more sort of a, a, a thicker veiled dig at yeah. Mourinho. Uh, we're more on the front foot. We're closer to goal, and therefore we're able to score more. We're playing the Tottenham way. I, I they honestly, cut the bit where he says, "And we're playing Sheffield United." Yeah, <laughs> I th- they gave him so much space. They he did. thought he was on a golf course. So <laughs> <laughs> no wonder he was happy. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, I mean that is he is having a dig at Mourinho. Let's yeah, be but this though. is why I really, I really like Gareth Bale in the same way that I really like Andy Murray, in that he just doesn't mm. really do the media training stuff and he just says what he thinks. It's mm. not really even that thinly veiled, is it? As a dig, it's no, it's like, not. It's not. He just gets on with it. Yeah, but I, but with Andy Murray though, it would be as if he sat out of Wimbledon for a couple of tournaments and he was just like, yeah, I'm not really bothered. I've, yeah. The sponsors have already come in. I'm, you know. So, uh, but Andy, you're, you're Team Bale in all this, aren't you? <laughs> I'm Team Bale again with the whole Real Madrid thing. You often sort of not fight his corner, but you you're a bit more sympathetic to him than say some others. Yeah, absolutely, uh, and I think there's a misunderstanding of some of the sort of stuff that he's had to endure, and yeah. I think as well, like it's it's just used. I think his his wages are just used as a mm. as a way to silence opposition. Yeah. Like you, you're getting paid that much, you don't have a right to complain, which is nonsense mm. for anyone in any job. Yeah. I think for him to be mentally in one piece after what's happened in in, in Real Madrid after over the last year, eighteen months that he was there, it was always going to take a while for him a to get physically fit and b to get mentally in the right place. Mm. Um, I'm really interested to see what's going to happen with him next season because, you know, if, if Zidane's staying at Real Madrid, which is pretty likely, 
I mean, he's, he's not going back there to sit around for a year, is he? He no. did say, though, didn't he, that that was his plan. He openly said, like, yeah, I, I think I'm probably going to go back to Madrid next no, year. No, he left on my contract. He, he, what, he, said, about for he, a year. Said, well, he didn't quite put it like that. <laughs> he said, I've got to go back by the terms of the contract. He right. didn't, he didn't yeah. say I'm going to stay there okay. for, for, but, the, for the remaining year. Look, I understand Sheffield, it was Sheffield United and they, they didn't get tight. Oh, still nice to watch. But when you see him score a hat-trick like yeah. that, I think when all said and done, in pure footballing terms, we want him to play. And when you see, it was still a hat-trick for crying out loud. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was great. That, that, I think that's what we want. That I is think, what we want. I think as well, like you look at what would have needed to happen for him to become old Gareth Bale, in mm. inverted commas, um, this season he needed to play all the time and that is never going to happen at Spurs no. it's, it's never going to happen because of the position they're in because mm-hmm. obviously things have changed hugely for him since he moved but they've changed hugely for Tottenham as well so mm. I think for him to get to a point where he's in the team and obviously it's taken a, a Harry Kane injury more latterly but for him to get to a point where he's at least showing flashes of that I, I think is 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 reasonably mm. impressive well the man he had to dig at Jose Mourinho has uh has been talking, as he tends to do. And he said, uh, I don't know if this was off the back of Inter's title win, but obviously Inter have been on for the title for a little while. And uh, he said, I won everything with Inter. There is a special affection with them. But if one day I have to go to Italy and coach a rival, I don't think twice. I have this professional way of looking at things. I feel good with myself. He's lining up for the AC Milan job, isn't he? <laughs> have to as well. <laughs> I wonder. If, I wonder if he's looking at Juventus. <gasps> Because There's no way Juventus no, are going to get him on there. Th- think about it. I mean, his reputation in Italy mm. is probably very different from how it is here. Because the last time he was there, which yeah. probably counts for more than you know, what has happened elsewhere, True. he won a treble, held in a lot of affection. Restoring a club in crisis, a big club in crisis, might be the only option left to him for being at a big club. So I wonder if that's that's what he's thinking there. That's what he's trying to... That's a little mind hand grenade. He's trying, the, the mind grenade, rather, that he's, he's trying to roll towards Serie A. Do you vent this? Oh, I can't if, see if, that. If he's up for that, yeah. I applaud him. <laughs> <laughs> No way. No way. Well, we do know that Mourinho's got himself uh, some new work for, for the Euros this summer. He'll be on TalkSport and writing for The Sun and The Times. The Sun. Needs the money, doesn't he? <laughs> Amazing, it's, yeah. I'm, I'm better than it Russia just, today that we've I'm, done before. But I love it? it because he he does love to just snipe from the sidelines, oh, doesn't yeah. he? Until he until he lines up his next job. Yeah, well, that is very fascinating. Much, very much of what's going to happen, Jim. Um, anyway, we uh, we 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 must mention uh, Manchester City's performance against uh, Crystal Palace. And I say performance; it's really that goal from Sergio Aguero. Yeah, it's just kind of like remember me, bang. Yeah, it's absolutely glorious stuff. From, from the main man. Yeah. Oh, he's not the main man Elite. anymore. He was. He has been for many, many years. He, he is a man. He's a, He is a man. He's one of the yes. main men. Yeah. And, in the league. Uh, and uh, Pep Guardiola did that thing where he he just eulogises. Yeah. Where players. he's having an out-of-body experience. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> my favourite. I love it. He showed again what he has shown in his career. What a goal. What a player. What a man. Put that away, Pep. Okay, Uh, and play him a bit more if you like. No, yeah, Um, but yeah. So one, I mean, they they could have won the league this uh, this weekend, of course, had Manchester United been beaten by Liverpool. Um, So uh, the 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 nail biting continues for Manchester City. (laughs) Well, they've got Chelsea next, though, which you know. Chelsea could win that. They beat them in the FA Cup. How much? How much? How how high are the odds, Jim, for for Man United win the league and Fulham stay up? Astronomical, I would imagine. I'll have a quid on that. (laughs) (laughs) But like, 
you know, Chelsea might delay it a bit, is all I'm saying. Well, delay seems to be the name of the game yeah. at the moment, doesn't it? Um, but there we are. Yeah, so, I mean, Sergio Aguero, he'll be off at the end of the season, uh, we think. Um, he won't stay in the Prem, will he? Talk of Barcelona, isn't there? Has that gone away or is that... Uh, no, it's, it's, it's still very much bubbling. Juventus is bubbling. They love a, they love a freebie they that's do. not that's not really a freebie. You could yeah. see him at Juventus. Um, it's, it's a bit like when, when Juventus sign a player on a free transfer... Mm. There's a huge part of the football world that goes, oh, they're so canny. They're so mm, canny. Mm. But it's it's like, I don't know, if you get a free carriage clock like from a, a, from an offer in a magazine and it's like, you know, £24.95 posting, postage and packing. Yeah. Yeah. Like any calculation just completely ignores the wages. Yeah, Wait, yeah, so, yeah. so they're going to have to pay for his plane tickets, is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, he'll be... No, they just put him in bubble wrap. I mean, he's not massive. <laughs> he'll be on about 300 grand a week, surely. Yeah. Something like that. That's, what, that's his wages, I think. Signing on fee, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Although it'd be nice to see him uh, playing in Spain, Barcelona and whatnot. Um, I, I, I think that would be, I think that would work, teaming up with Messi. Um, speaking of Spain, gentlemen, one thing that uh, we didn't mention last week after Manchester City's win against Paris Saint-Germain, Spanish TV, I'm sure many of you saw this, used um, one of Liam Gallagher's tweets verbatim, which is always a mistake. Neymar, then the tweet read, Neymar is an embarrassing little... <laughs> Cunny, is what he said. But used the, the harder version of that it was, word. It was difficult to translate for Spanish TV and it's very difficult to translate for Marcus Speller as well, it turns out. <laughs> oh man, that was so good seeing that flash. <laughs> Amazing. Right, to the Football League, chaps. Um, Chaos in the football league this this weekend in terms of results and ramifications, especially if you're a Derby fan. If you get my drift, uh, they lost two one to Swansea and now face Sheffield Wednesday next weekend in what is probably almost likely going to be a sort of a relegation playoff match. Rotherham have a game in hand; they play um, this week against Luton or midweek rather, and still have the fate in their own hands. But Wayne Rooney's Derby are in a lot of trouble uh, and they went 1-0 up against Swansea and then they were pegged back 2-1. But it could be a situation, depending on what Rotherham do, that that really it could be... Well, depending on how the results go, it could be a sort of a winner-takes-all or stays up, rather, Jim, in, in that game. So all eyes on that one. Yeah, it'd be weekend. pretty astonishing, isn't it? It's, it's, it's kind of amazing how how badly things have gone for them. Yeah. Um, um, I feel a bit sorry uh, for, for for old Wazer and Derby. I mean, I've not really watched and seen them much this season, but it just it's the last thing that, that that you want to go in with that sort of you know you're now looking at Rotherham's uh, game against Luton and you know, well, the thing is, I wish no harm to Derby or Sheffield Wednesday or mm-hmm. Rotherham. Who for do that you matter. wish harm to? Actually, let's drill down on that. Uh, no one really. Okay, all right. But um, on the other hand, <laughs> what does that banner say? Yeah. <laughs> There's a ramble on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on the other hand obviously being a bit full of piss and vinegar after AFC Wimbledon stayed up at the weekend I am sort of thinking oh, who would I most like to play next season go on because if you get if you get some big ends in, in League One oh, yeah. especially when you're a team that's not going to go up from it oh, mate, so that's I, want Su- I want Sunderland to stay down I'm yeah. delighted that Ipswich have stayed down mm-hmm um, you know, you look, you look at those clubs and you think, you know, even, even Bolton coming up from League Two, I'm happy to play them again. Well, I'm looking forward to Fulham versus Hull next season. Yeah. And uh, I wouldn't mind Sunderland, big club, bigger names. So you you want them to come up. I was thinking, which League One team are you most looking forward to Fulham playing? 
next season. Sunderland, I'd say. They're a big side. And the last time I saw Fulham Sunderland play, it was in the Prem. Sunderland won 4 1. And, and um, Adam Johnson got a hat trick. I said about that, the better. Um, gentlemen, Peterborough United have been promoted to the Championship after coming back from 3 0 down to draw uh, against Lincoln. What, a, what an amazing uh, game that was. Johnson Clark Harris's penalty, the 96th minute, did. The business, Andy. A lovely the penalty. fairest penalty <laughs> award that I've ever seen. Absolutely oh my god! If if that was the penalty that stopped you getting promoted, well, I mean, you have to feel sorry for Lincoln. Yeah, uh, you see, this is why League One fans, when Premier League fans complain about refereeing, mm. you have no idea. Yeah, yeah. it was. You pantomime. have no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look it up. It was absolutely <laughs> pantomime. What a controversial end to the game. I mean, the I don't po- even think it was a dive. He just fell over. <laughs> even he was saying, look, I really yeah. appreciate that, but you really don't have to give it to us. You know? yeah. But yeah, but they're up. They're up. Uh, and they're back into the championship. Well, the posh, so, so fair play to them. Um, so uh, so there we are. Southend United have been relegated from the Football League for the first time um, in 101 years of Football League football, if you like, um, despite winning 200 barrel. Phil Brown couldn't save them. No. Um, and that's a, that's a great shame for Southend. He can always fall back on his antiques dealing, though, can't he? <laughs> yeah, he can. <laughs> I, really, I feel really sad about this. Like, yeah. you, know, I, I, you know, Southend are one of the sort of, the, obviously one of the Essex clubs. And my, my old maths teacher, Mr. Munt, of course we called him that, uh, <laughs> used to support them as well. He loved them. Oh, Jim, I feel sorry for old Munty and yeah. yourself. Um, but yeah, they, they're down. I mean, you know, it's an extraordinary. They, they've been in the Football League for over 100 years. And that stuff matters. Obviously, it yeah. matters. But it, it's um, it's huge. Sadly, somebody has to go down, don't they? Um, but I mean, it's not been a good situation at Southend uh, United. You know, fans have bemoaned poor recruitment, boardroom management and so on. It's been a real horrid season all year, all round, Andy. So hopefully they can, they can bounce straight back up. Yeah, um, but going back to what we were saying before, there are a lot of pretty big teams in the conference as well. Mm. So it's not a given. Dust yourselves off. Enjoy your season there and try and get straight back up is Mm. what you're saying. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's the spirit. Uh, Gentlemen, a couple of uh, other little loose ends to to tie up. Um, We go to Scotland. Rangers beat Celtic 4-1 in uh, in the Old Firm Derby. Celtic down to 10 men, but Rangers really kind of showing their dominance in the in the Scottish uh, Premiership, there. I enjoyed that goal that Kamar Roof scored with his chest. Yeah, yeah. that's a nice one. Very and impressive. Morelos's goal as well was there. Yeah, he's got. He's now Very got. A, he's now got a taste for scoring exactly, against Celtic. Yeah, having he's figured out how to do it. <laughs> I, I have to. I have to say, I wish he hadn't scored that goal because because you love Scott Brown. What, it, why? Yeah, because in uh, the Turkish newspapers. Uh-huh. They made a thing, unbelievably enough. They've got enough going on in the Turkish Super League. They made a big thing of his Salt Bay celebration. Oh, did they? Yeah, I suppose they would. Which is like, what, three years out of date? <laughs> Maybe that's why it's a story. I don't know. Maybe he planned to do that in his first Old Firm derby. He's that... going, he's going, I'm going to do this at some point. And then when he scored at Celtic Park not that long ago, he forgot because he was just so happy. And he was like, right, I'm going to do that celebration. Yeah, or maybe he's been saving up. I mean, the stakes are quite expensive. They certainly are, but they are better when they're salted, of course. Um, uh, and Jermaine Defoe looked absolutely delighted to get his goal against Celtic as well. Still banging them in. Rangers got two games left against Livy. And Aberdeen to achieve an unbeaten league season. 
disappointed uh, they'll they'll be disappointed of course they went out the cups but if they manage to do that that'll be quite the feat uh, and we finish with a little fizzer update everybody into Miami drew nil nil at Nashville a clean sheet's always pleasing uh, but fizzer said recently when he was uh, talking about getting the job at into Miami because some people have raised an eyebrow about how he is now managing um, David Beckham's team. He said, when I was looking at this job, I have to say, and you're probably not going to believe me, but the interview process was as hard as any as I have done. How many has he done? Ultimately, they liked me. He's still fizzing and sizzling away in Miami, Jim. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> you pleased for old fizzer, Andy? I have to say, this was on a screen in the office last oh. night when I was at TalkSport, and I, I looked up and I thought, I can't believe that Nashville versus Miami is a top level football match very disrespectful Andy we found out something that uh, you don't like yeah. <laughs> America speaking of talk sport you and Mourinho teaming up are we gonna it's a matter of time I'm sure <laughs> the yin and yang excellent well um, we should uh, inform you that we have a new episode of the book club available on Football Ramble Presents Jim yes you were involved Kate and Kate of course uh, our very own Kate Mason spoke with the commentary legend Clive Tilsley. Yes, we spoke to Clive Tilsley. Uh, the, the show is out now. It, we t- had a wide-ranging look at everything in his book. He talks about some of the people that he's that have inspired him most through football that he's, that he's got to know. Just sort of all kinds of topics in there. And yeah, he was obviously, as you'd expect, Clive Tilsley is a lovely, lovely man and spending an hour or so yeah. in his company was excellent. So yeah, give it a listen. And I love, I love his commentary notes. Aren't oh, they, they're unreal. Aren't they on the back of his book? Yeah. Uh-huh. There's, there's an Alex example Ferguson on the back of his book. had one framed in his office. They're so really? good. Yeah. Blimey. They're absolutely amazing. Yeah. And obviously, the man has a lot of stories and uh, has, a, has a lot to say. Marvellous. It's, it's always a good time in Clive Tilsey company. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and like I say, there's some, some cracking stories in there. So get involved. They're, they're, some that may surprise you. Very much so. Um, search Football Ramble Presents in your podcast app to listen and subscribe to get involved. Uh, there we are. On tomorrow's show, Jules, Vish and Jimmy again. My goodness, we can't get enough of you. Uh, but until then, thank you very much, Andy Brassel. Thank you, Mark Speller. Thank you, Jim Campbell. Thank you. Thank you, Clive Tilsley. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. See you soon. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.